Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. It is wonderful, pun intended, to be here with you on this Wednesday, 316 edition of the program. Give me a hell yeah. That's right. All right, cracking open a beer later on today. That's what I'll be doing because I'm actually still at work right now recording this sucker. Uh, Big show this week. Going to get into uh, a lot of things entertainment-wise. Nicholas Cage, he's rocking and a-rolling South by Southwest. Uh, Encanto news, something really cool going on. Uh, A story told by Stephanie Beatrice that you definitely are going to be blown away by. Samuel L. Jackson wants back in the Star Wars toy box. Mike Tyson we're going to talk about. Uh, I also watched one thing this past week, uh, a documentary that's on Hulu, the Dana Carvey show. So I'll give some thoughts on that. Uh, But do you want to start the show this week uh, talking about something weird that popped on my desk at work today? Uh, And uh, actually, before we dive into this, do you want to remind you to please like and subscribe to wherever you are listening to this show right now? All streaming platforms also Head on over to the Facebook page, Throw Me Podcast Network. Give that a like and the YouTube channel, Throw Me Podcast Network. Uh, definitely want to be a part of the YouTube channel because in less than a month, uh, actually at the uh, beginning of next month, April 2nd and uh, 3rd, WrestleMania weekend, and we are going to be doing a live uh, WrestleMania night one coverage. So that's Saturday night. On April 2nd, we will be live, uh, and you want to be a part of that on our YouTube channel, the Thrill Me Podcast Network. So this story got plopped on my desk this morning, and I have to, have to bring it up, uh, because this stat just really gross in my eyes. Um, One in five people admit that they have eaten food out of the trash before. So 20% of us have eaten food out of the trash before that doesn't mean somebody's out there dumpster diving necessarily they say it's things like oh you just threw half a donut away then reconsidered Uh, the most common reason people gave for eating trash was it looked perfectly fine in their opinion which reminds me of the seinfeld episode where george picks up the eclair that's sitting right on top of the trash uh, and he gets caught and everybody's disgusted but here's the thing I understood everybody's disgust in that episode because I'm pretty germaphobic. I'm under the belief that if something goes into the trash, no matter if it's on top, no matter if it's a brand new trash bag, the minute it entered the trash, it is trash. It is forever contaminated and not worth any risk of. I I cannot handle even a trash can lid. So, no, no, this is disgusting but let's take it one step further uh i'm going to disturb you just a little bit more because this poll also found that one in six people have eaten food while sitting on the toilet nope again i've eaten things as i've come close to the threshold of the bathroom but i stop and i finish what i'm chewing because i'm grossed out by the idea of it's it's kind of like dogs and animals They don't go where they eat. 
I'm not eating where I go. I cannot do that. But what did six people have done that before while they've been on the toilet? Uh, and now the poll didn't dive into like, are you just eating some candy while you're on there, a power bar, or are you having a full out spread? But still, the fact that you would even be sitting down and go, now's the time I want my Nestle Crunch. Now's the time I want some Skittles. I'm going to have a Charleston Chew. Yeah, I'm really pulling out the random candy. But no, no. So the next time you're in a room with six people, just know one of them, they've eaten while sitting on the toilet before. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. All right, uh, some brighter news, and that was pun not intended, uh, but the United States Senate, they actually got together and did something that is worthwhile talking about, and they have decided yesterday that they want to make daylight saving time permanent starting next year. This was a bill called the Sunshine Protection Act that was dropped, and the first time I think I could ever say the words Congress and unanimous go together because, yeah, everybody was on board with this in the U.S. Senate. That sends it to the House of Representatives. So if the House passes it, uh, no guarantee on that. It then goes to the president's desk. Would he sign it again? No guarantee on that. But if this goes through, it would take effect next year. So we'll be winding the clocks back an hour this fall, no matter what. But a year from now, we might spring forward for good. And a poll last year found that only 25% of Americans like the current system. 43% said they'd rather use standard time. The whole year, 32% said daylight savings time should be used year-round. I'm on the side of it can go away. And I like the idea of if we spring forward, let's let's stick with that. I like there's something maybe because, I don't know. See, for me, I have such a weird schedule that it you think that I like it to get dark earlier. But there's something about the idea that potentially come December and January and February, those those cold, dire months, there's something about the idea that it's still being sunshine out after five o'clock that just sounds really nice, you know? Uh, some of us don't live in tropical, wonderful places where we only get like two seasons, hot and less hot. You know, some of us live in the four season area and some of us also live in a state that decides four seasons ain't enough. We're going to have like 20 different seasons and we're going to do it all in the span of five days, not even seven. We're going to do it in five. We're going to go from three different things. You didn't even know this existed, but we're going to do it in the middle of the day and then we're going to go to summer and then we're going to go into dead winter. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of all for dumping it. Now, we have done this before. Uh, apparently, this was something that was done during the Nixon years uh, I believe it was 74 to 75 and eventually it got backtracked because parents were like I don't like the fact that my kids are going out to school and it's still so dark out and that was the 70s man let's 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 progress forward man we're we're now in the uh 2022 yeah that's right math uh all right let's move into the entertainment news the reason why I know you all are here but there was just some kind of cool things I came across this week I thought I'd share because again you never get to say anything with with our U.S. politicians that they unanimously agreed. There's always somebody that's got to be that's got to be a maverick, you know. So I thought that was kind of cool to share, and and I think it's something we can all get on board with. Dumping daylight savings time here in America. All right, but the entertainment news of this week. Want to actually start things off with Nick Cage. Uh, he's been rocking and rolling. South by Southwest has been going on. Uh, 
really cool as of this recording the last time i checked uh two movies i'm super stoked on this year uh x the upcoming horror movie coming out this weekend that fingers crossed i will be able to have a review for you for next week uh and if i do have a review uh, i'll try to keep that one non-spoiler unlike last week's the batman uh which if you finally saw the batman and want to hear my unfiltered full-blown spoiler conversation on it uh, check out last week's episode uh, on all the streaming platforms. It's there. You could also check out Review at Rob and uh, Zach's Speakeasy. Well, Zach did it on the YouTube channel, uh, so you can go back and check that out again. Another reason why you should follow the YouTube channel. Zach did a live broadcast, a uh, little, little video game Friday, and uh, gave his full Batman review there. So uh, you could always check out everything again. Stay in the loop. Throw me podcast network. Uh, but Nick Cage rocking and rolling South by Southwest. So I said X at a is at a hundred percent. But so is his film right now, uh, which uh, made its day or debut at South by Southwest. The unbearable weight of massive talent. So that's been sitting at a hundred percent. So he's been making the rounds. Uh, but with the Batman uh, and all that success, and Nick Cage now getting back in the success. What if what if they crossed over? What if they met? And Nick Cage joined one of these Batman sequels because he actually threw it out there where he said uh, on the red carpet that he would love to get into the uh, Matt Reeves Batman universe and would love to play a really sinister, terrifying version of Egghead, the Batman villain from the 60s TV show. And now that he said that and he's he's yeah, like this has been put out into the universe. Nick Cage is on. A comeback, not and and what's weird? It's weird to say Nick Cage is on a comeback because if you've listened to anything of Haunter's podcast, anything that I've been a part of for the last decade, I have been hyping up Nick Cage's work, and he has not gone anywhere. He's been making incredible movies over the last decade. He has just stayed out of the mainstream spotlight. So. With his new film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, that's putting him back into the mainstream spotlight. So it's weird to say he's having a comeback because he didn't go anywhere. He's been there. He's been he's been with us this whole past decade kicking ass the way he always has. He's just chosen to do what like Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart and them did. He separated himself from the big budget uh, movie world, but he's back in it now. He's also got the upcoming, um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of it and I'm going to get killed for that. Uh, but the upcoming um, Frankenstein one that he's doing, uh, the Universal Monster pullback that he's a part of, um, it's killing me, I can't remember the name of it, but he's having his return into the mainstream, and same as Robert Pattinson, coming back to the mainstream, you know, he did Christopher Nolan's film that was not so good, uh, you know, it was alright, but okay, Uh he came back, he did that, now he's the Batman, so back in the mainstream. So yeah, I kind of want to see these two guys that both followed similar career paths in that Pattinson and Cage were big studio, market success, all that great stuff, and then decided we're going to branch out into the more indie area, go off and do things like passion projects, just have a blast while working, and now I'm kind of coming back, and I'm going to see what the studio stuff is all about again. So yeah. I'd love to see, and I'm just thinking as well, like Robert Pattinson's The Batman, come like year five, he's got this thing, he he knows Bruce, he knows Batman at that point, and he's got to deal with Egghead, yeah, I'm I'm down for that, so 
Uh, I definitely would like to see Nick Cage uh, pop up in the Batman universe. So ball's in your court, Matt Reeves, Warner Brothers. The ball is in your court. Um, Speaking of Warner Brothers, uh, I do want to point out I am not talking about the news involving The Flash and all the moves with Warner Brothers because I would recommend you go check out the review at Rob's show. He's got that covered for you. Uh, that show comes out every Tuesday. So while we both cover entertainment, we we cover different aspects of it. Like I point out every week, we do it a little bit different from each other. So he's got a lot of that DC news for you. Uh, while I've got Encanto news, and to get us in the spirit of that, let me let me let me get something up here. Let's let's get in the mood. And uh, yeah, there we go. All right. So this song right here from Encanto, sung by Stephanie Beatrice, the lead of the film. It's called Waiting on a Miracle. Well, turns out uh, in a recent interview, Stephanie revealed that she actually was about to experience a miracle of her own when recording this song. She was in labor during the session. She said she didn't want to tell anybody at Disney. She didn't want anyone to freak out, but she was having some contractions when she was scheduled to record that day. So she said she crossed her fingers, hoped to finish the song before the baby came, and she did. She actually had the baby the next day, but still... She's singing, that's like just the, I don't want to call it irony, but the the miracle of the fact that the day she's supposed to sing Waiting on a Miracle is the day that it's like, all right, you know what? You're going to have your baby. You're going to start having that baby. So yeah, she waiting on a miracle of her own, childbirth, the bringing new life into this world and singing a, a song. Maybe... Listen, I have sung the praises of Encanto. I think it is a, a fabulous film. If, if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. It's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the lady and I absolutely adored that film. So, yeah, cool story there. Just wanted to share that all with you all. And uh, other news that we got to get into, Samuel L. Jackson, he's still got Star Wars on his mind, specifically his character, Mace Windu. Uh, he was actually on an episode of Josh Horowitz's Happy, Sad, Confused podcast talking about it, and uh, I, I have that clip for us. Is Mace Windu, he's alive with one hand somewhere. 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 Yeah, somewhere. That's a huge history of people with one hand returning in Star Wars. The only person I've ever said that to about coming back was Bryce Dallas Howard, because I, I just did a movie with her, and she directs episodes of The Mandalorian and stuff. So, so you think you might be able to hook a brother up? And, uh, put me back in this. <laughs> put me back put in the me game, in, I'm ready. Put me in, coach, I'm ready. You know, I'll learn to, you know, lightsaber left-handed. Come on, hook me up. Now, uh, yeah, that would be great and all, but let's not forget that Anakin did cut off Mace's right hand, but Emperor Palpatine electrocuted him out the window. I I mean, is there something in the Star Wars, like, fan fi- I don't want to call it fan fiction stuff, but you know how they did it with Star Trek. They do it with all of these, where is there something in, like, the books somewhere, the spinoff stuff that they wrote that, that says he survived and he's out there? Because I know that's a thing, like, um, what, we've seen it with the, uh, the Obi-Wan trailer came out, which... Oh, you can go watch Zach's reaction again on our YouTube page, Throw Me Podcast Network, to that trailer. I think he nails it for everybody here on the network. But they had Darth Maul coming back. They even hinted at Darth Maul in Solo, the end of the Solo movie, which, spoilers to that film, but it doesn't matter. They're not doing any more of them, so that stuff don't really matter. 
but they brought him back there. So, and they said that they were going to bring him back for Obi Wan. They actually had like everything planned out. That stuff's starting to leak out. So, I know that was from the cartoons and other books and stuff. So, like, did they do that with Mace? Is he out there? Is he like an Obi Wan where he got thrown out, electrocuted, but it's like I survived because I landed in like, uh, in like a car with like mattresses like I ended I landed in a truck of mattresses that were that was going by it was just the craziest thing like is it one of those did he land in cat litter or something like that uh, you know is he out there is that a thing they could pull from because I know that's kind of what they do a little bit nowadays they look to that stuff that's why they were trying to I I, I feel like Disney is like they really got it out to try and get uh, Darth Maul back out there a- and I get it Everybody remember that Halloween after that Star Wars movie? Every kid coming to your house was Darth Maul, man. Every kid on the street was Darth Maul. So I get it. They know that there's a new generation out there that's like, oh man, we can re- we can repackage the stuff that their parents loved and make their kids buy it now. And their parents are going to be okay with it because we're playing on their nostalgia. Man, I love Hollywood. That's why I do this show. All right. uh, Last bit of news I got for you this week um, before I get into the Dana Carvey uh, documentary review for you. Mike Tyson. We know him. We love him. Many of you might only know him from The Hangover. Many of you know that he was an incredibly successful boxer. But in 1997, there was a moment where Mike Tyson uh, proved that he was no longer in the game. And that was when he literally took a bite out of Evander Holyfield's ear. Well, now Mike Tyson, he's in the weed game. Don't know if you know that, but he has uh, a weed company that is now selling edible gummies in the shape of an ear with a bite taken out of it. Yes, Mike Tyson is selling weed gummies based off of his infamous biting of Evander Holyfield's ear. And actually, uh, obviously, uh, somebody once asked Mike Tyson, uh, what does it taste like biting an ear? Mike Tyson, what does an ear taste like? <laughs> well, that depends. It depends on which ear did you bite. Okay. okay. But since I bit Holyfield ear and I didn't have none of that Holyfield hot sauce on it, it wasn't too tasty. It was not no, too tasty. Not, you needed the Holyfield hot sauce on the ear. Yes, and that would have been a delicacy. Okay. <laughs> So there you have it. It's a delicacy. Mike Tyson's pot bitten ear brownies. Now, here's the other thing. They're called Mike Bites. Yeah. So clever name. Truly a clever, clever name. But there you have it. Uh, Mike Tyson still making a profit off of Evander Holyfield's infamous ear biting situation, which also did any of you know that Evander Holyfield had a hot sauce? I'm going to need to get that and try that on my wings. All right. Finally, let's get into it. The only thing that I watched this week that was new, that is, uh, that I am here to, uh, actually, no, let's scratch that. We'll do two reviews. I'll save the, uh, the special coming up here at the, after this, we'll get to it. But, uh, the first real big thing I watched was on Hulu, there is a documentary about the Dana Carvey show. Now, if you don't remember, Dana Carvey plays Garth, he was church lady, uh, had a long career on Saturday Night Live, and when he was leaving SNL, uh, when he, when his time was done on the show, like so many others, uh, legends that have come and gone, when his time was done, he was red hot. Everybody wanted a piece of Dana Carvey. 
you know, he had the successful films with the Wayne's World movies. Like, Dana Carvey was a name. I know that's probably crazy for some of you because you're like, who the hell is Dana Carvey? Why are you talking about him? But he was a huge name in the late 80s, early 90s. His stint on SNL was really good. And I've gone back and I've watched a lot of the old SNL stuff. Love the old SNL stuff. It is so funny and so good. But yeah, um, watch this documentary and it's really interesting. In fact, I will say that this documentary is so interesting that uh, the girlfriend came out, like I, I started watching it early in the morning when she was still asleep. I Again, I have such a weird work schedule. I'm up for work by 3.30 Monday through Friday. So for me, sleeping in till 5 o'clock on a Saturday and Sunday is, oh man, it's fantastic. And she can sleep to like seven or whatever. So I was up earlier than her and started watching it. And she came out about 20 minutes in right about the time that they start like introducing the fact that on the show, uh, cause the Dana Carvey show ended up going to ABC. It was given a primetime slot. This documentary goes into how they were like, oh man, Dana Carvey's such a family friendly name. He's got mass appeal. We stick him on after home improvement. What could go wrong? They assembled a team. It's writers from SNL, uh, like Rob Schmeagel and them. So he's pulling over some SNL folks because they're now going to do this sketch show and this whole great thing. This ends up being Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert's first gigs ever paid in entertainment. They're on primetime television following Home Improvement. Like they're putting together this great writer's room. Uh, Louis C.K. is even a part of the writer's room. And I know that that's a controversial name nowadays, but. This is Louis C.K. in the early 90s, mid-90s, man. Like, nobody knew what he was doing in them dressing rooms yet and behind the scenes, okay? We just knew he was funny. So Louis C.K. was a part of the writing team. Like, it's it's a cast of cast. It's one of those, how could this show go wrong? And the documentary is about how it all went wrong. Everything down to the fact that it was put in the primetime spot right behind Home Improvement and... Part of the reason I wanted to watch this was I saw a clip that shows exactly why this was doomed and Colbert and um, Carell and Carvey and everybody just laughing their ass off at the promo because it's, and the clip that I saw, again, this clip made me watch it was all of them watching the promo that was running on ABC and it's like on this week's Tool Time. I don't know what it's like. I don't want to die, Dad. What's it like to lose a kid? Find out. Nine o'clock, Thursday, ABC, followed by an all-new Mug Root Beer presents the Dana Carvey Show. And it was just one of those like, oh my God, what a fish out of water move. So it's all about how this whole thing went wrong with such a talented cast. But yeah, the girlfriend came out and she saw the first, the first thing she sees of this is the first sketch that they aired following Home Improvement where they talk about how they took such a massive ratings loss. And the first sketch, sorry, I know I'm kind of spoiling things in the documentary, uh, but again, it's all about their failures. But the first sketch that they do is a milking Bill Clinton. And she walked out to that and just started laughing, sat down and was like glued to the television for the next hour plus. Cause she was like, I don't know. Like I looked at her and she's like, why do I know Dana Carvey? He looks familiar. He's got He's got a kind face. And I was like, that's Garth. She's like, oh, from that movie, Wayne's World. I'm like, yes, that is Garth. And then I was like, you know, in the Master of Disguise, huh? Yeah, a lot of people say that. Not me. Turtle, turtle. Yeah, 
I quoted it. Now drink. Um, but yeah, it's a really good documentary. So if you're a Dana Carvey fan, if you're an old SNL fan, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Even if you're not, my stamp of approval saying you should watch this is my girlfriend who has no connection to Dana Carvey outside of I was like, babe, trust me, you got to watch Wayne's World to get like 90% of my jokes sometimes. Because anytime we order Chinese food, the first time we ever ordered Chinese food and I went, I'll take the cream of some young guy. She looked at me in horror and I was like, oh, you don't know Wayne's World. I'm going to have to show you that someday. Schwing. Again, very confused. So she gets it now. So yeah, she was very glued to it. Really good documentary. It is on Hulu. Uh, definitely worth a check out. Now, the other thing I want to talk about, the other review, we'll keep this one quick. I watched the first episode of Ghost Adventures. The all new season is back. And man, oh man, did it not hold back had everything you want in a Ghost Adventures episode. There was a seance. There was activity. There was spirits caught. There was Zach Baggins. There was just, it was so much fun. It's everything that you want in a Ghost Adventures episode. It was all there in its debut episode that's on uh, Discovery Plus right now. That's going to eventually just be a part of HBO Max. We'll see what happens there, but they're all going to merge into one. But for now, I pay for Discovery Plus and loved the first episode. Uh, truly just a bonkers debut, and let's be real, the next episode sounds even more bonkers, so uh, they're going to be going out uh, another spot in California. It's just, hey, Ghost Adventures is back. It's a good time. You're know, going to sit back every Thursday on the Discovery Plus and uh, boo, watch them search for the boo. All right. I'm going to get out of here. I'm starting to lose my mind. Plus, I got to get out to a blood drive. I'm going to donate blood. What have you done today? Peace and love. <laughs> 